Bam Bam. We are live on our end of things, and our friends are live on their side of things. What up? It's your boy Ed with Gamer Delphia Crew, and today is round two of our debate cast, which got heated the last time we were on. Um, but let's talk about. Let's first introduce the players who were actually a part of that heated discussion. Of course, representing my crew, AJ's here. What a do? Bam. And representing the Codex Prime podcast crew, of course, Carl and Victor are here as well. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going on? So, uh, like I mentioned last time we did this discussion, we did the, uh, let me scroll over to it, we did the Sony side of the bracket, and for those of you who are watching on twitch.tv slash Gamerdelphia, um, you can see that the, it was really, really heated um, when we did this the last time, but uh, for the PlayStation bracket, Spider-Man 2018 just barely edged out Uncharted in the final round with tiebreakers um, from our chat to win the PlayStation bracket, which we're kind of happy with overall, unless you're Persona 5, which AJ, you know, Whack. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Whack. <laughs> you're never no, going to get over it. AJ, uh, Spider-Man's where it's at. Whack. I, 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 I want to play it again. Yeah. I want to actually try to... I'm currently playing Persona 5 again. Persona 5 Royal. The shit they added into that game, fire. Better than... Okay, that's enough. Well, hold on. Here, so that way you can make a fair recommendation for Carl, because I don't know if he's bought it or not. Do you recommend Persona 5 Royal to somebody who's never played it? Because does it have the original campaign? It has the original campaign and, like, so much more and a lot of quality of life changes and things like that. Like... The main thing is, like, if you have the time, if you play the original Persona 5 and then go into Persona 5 Royal, you'll really appreciate those quality of life changes and all the additions and stuff like that. Like, I played Persona 5 when it first came out, like, you know, two and a half, three years ago, and now I'm playing Royal. Um, but most people don't have that kind of free time, so if you only have time for one, get Royal. Um, gotcha. Straight up. It's the definitive edition. Nice. Spider-Man, I mean, you get to swing around New York and you actually legit feel like you're Spider-Man. I actually want to do a marathon. I know it's like definitely impossible for me running um, now, but I actually want to do a marathon, just switch it where I try to beat the entire game in, in one, one stream. Oh, God. In one Oof. day. They, they call like it a speed run. Well, I don't even know if they would call it. Depends. Like, I would call that an any percent run because I have seen those where you just try to beat the game, you know, at your leisure without doing any of the extra side missions. If you're trying to go for a completionist run, you're going to need all the Gatorade you possibly can to, like, contain yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I highly doubt that I can do it. I want to do it. But I have to because I'm actually, I'm going to take a page out of y'all's book. And start the whole, you know, start the what y'all currently playing right now. Man, yeah. still weeks later, I love me some Ghost of Tsushima. I think one, of, I think I saw one of our boys actually get the platinum trophy for it, um, for Ghost because it's such a good game. Just everything about that man, like it's just so much fun and uh, I, just so engrossing. I, I honestly thought that I was beating the game. No, nah, that was just Act One. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, no, this ain't happening. Nope, I'm going to keep going, though. Exactly, right? But, yeah, well, that game is so much fun to beat, for sure. For everybody who's played it, I heard nothing but great things. It's absolutely going to be 
uh, game of the year contender. Once we get to the game awards, which they did announce a uh, digital version of the game awards this year, I know that that's going to be on the short list for the six in terms of the nominations. That that's definitely going to be one of them. Yo, Persona Five Royal doesn't win game of the year. <clears throat> yeah, bro, come on. Didn't that come out like what two years ago? Well, no, Yo, Royal bro. came out this year, and like you can't just call it a simple re-release because they added like. Over thirty hours of new content. So, yo, whack! Don't don't subscribe <laughs> like that. I'm sorry, Dave. Like, yeah, all they did was just add stuff. Yeah, it's a re-release. Yo, no, you don't know what they added though. So, like, what 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 is the criteria for a re-release versus like a genuine like expansion? Because if they added thirty hours of key story details that changes the landscape of the game. Then, like, 30 hours, like, Spider-Man's not even 30 hours long. Let's do all the side quests. It's so, like, what do you mean? They yeah, added a whole fact, game's worth of shit. Hold on. Here's what. Here's how I would handle it. Is it a game of the year contender? Yes. On its own? I'm going to say no, just because it's a game that's already... It, at its core, it's still a 2017 game with 2020 content. Is, can you nominate at it for its core. That? And they, they rebalance the fighting mechanics. Like, I mean, it's still, like, turn-based. But, like, just the if, gun mechanic alone. Would I nominate it for best RPG? 100% yes. But I don't know I don't know if it's going to qualify for Game of the Year. I'm, again, it's hard to say what the committee is going to actually decide on once we get to the end of this year, depending upon what other games are also going to be eligible to qualify. Because you, you still have to nominate Animal Crossing. You still have to nominate uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, Doom Eternal, uh, Resident Evil 3 would also be nominated as well. Cyberpunk would make the cut, would it? What's that? Cyberpunk 2077 would make the cut, right? We don't even know if that game is good. We we know it's going to be good, but that game's going to make the cut barely, just like last year when Death Stranding made the cut barely. Just because of the, of the, uh, when it comes out. It comes out like two weeks before the awards, which is just enough. For the press to get their hands on it. All right, but we'll see. Well, again, we'll see. We'll just that December. Um, Vic, what, have you been playing any games this week yourself? Yeah, I've been playing The Outer Worlds, and Ooh. yeah, it's and it's I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's um, by Obsidian, and um, it's like they've, you know, it's like a like an original uh, ver- uh, take of the Fallout experience in terms of gameplay it's kind of like a more it's a tighter more focused and uh more refined uh version of the formula um i i really i'm really enjoying it i like the whole um you know anti-corporate humor that pep that's peppered throughout the game and and this uh, storyline the universe is actually pretty cool the characters are are pretty interesting Um, i'm I'm actually taking my time throughout completing as many of the side quests as possible um i believe that the level cap in that game is 30 and i'm at level 22 right now and i'm pretty sure i'm about 50 percent done in the game so by the time before i know it i'll probably be op by the time we reach the end but but it's it's a really good experience and I, I actually bought it in um, the PlayStation Store uh, summer sale. It was like nice. twenty bucks, so well worth it. That is a game I know I have to look into it eventually, just because I know it has like that Fallout charm, but mm-hmm. doesn't take itself as seriously as like a Fallout story normally would. Right, that's correct. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely um, a lot of a lot of tongue in cheek uh, humor uh, to it. But it's it's actually it's actually really cool, and plus it has more uh, personality than a typical 
uh, Fallout game. So nice. Yeah. Something I'm gonna have to look into. AJ, what about you? What have you been playing? You know what I've been playing? Persona 5 Royal. What's up? Jesus. <laughs> Yo, I eat, live, and breathe that shit. <laughs> it is my no favorite. Other, I was going to say there's no other games that exist. Well, I, I, I beat Last of Us like about uh, two weeks ago. So I, I did beat Last of Us Part 2. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I think that any of the hate is undeserved. It's not perfect, but the people calling it just like straight up bad because they don't like one or two plot points are just like... You know, get your head out of your ass. And if you're one of those people who actually threatened one of the actors who portrayed Abby in that game, then you're extra cruddy, like straight up. 100% uh, extra. Yeah. I digress. No, I don't, we don't need that in our lives right now. Yeah. Terrible. So, you know, just, I mean, OnlyFans, great. Uh, oh, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, and I'm, I'm reading this article, and it's weird. Um but nice. no last of us great uh yes. persona 5 better <laughs> i mean i actually i actually do want to play <laughs> do you set do you shed a tear when you start talking about persona 5 i i, I am tearing up right now his emotions are like really really strong with this one it's like he feels it it's like it's, it's like a little brother to him as soon as he hears Yo, the name persona so, 5 bro, he's just like Oh, so Persona 5 might not have made it to the next round, but you know what did? Um, what? Fire Emblem Three Houses. Now we're on this kick. Let's get it. We right. haven't even gotten to that yet. <laughs> uh, you know how I that. feel about Persona 5? Like, yep. I feel 99.9% the same way about Fire Emblem Three Houses. That and Smash <laughs> Brothers. If one Especially. of those two games still make it to the end, then I am shutting this bitch down. But! <laughs> <laughs> my, so my game of the week, of course, because there's nothing else that matters to me in the world other than it, it's Fall Guys. Because that game is still mega addictive. I'm finally getting the hang of the game. I actually just crossed my 10th overall win. So I'm happy that I actually got 10 wins in the game. I didn't expect that I would actually get that far. Because uh, the one thing I can say about the game is, as a platforming specialist, I love playing the levels of the game. And I love getting through them. And I'm starting to pick up the patterns in terms of how each level works so that way I can gradually qualify for each following round my only problem is that everybody else who's in it is an asshole and i hate it when i have to run into when i'm doing especially when i'm doing the um one of the mini games doordash everybody just sucks man like when you try to when you actually figure out the last door and you actually have to figure out like running into walls it is the oh god like just having to try to cram through one door with like 20 different people, it is a nightmare. And I'm getting so agitated when stuff like that happens. But. Ed, Ed the video that I tagged you in yesterday? Mm hmm. Did you feel that? Oh. That's. So, on Codex Prime's Facebook page, there's a video of a player who did the, the slime climb, which is one of the harder platforming challenges, unless you're a pro at it. And the video shows a player who got to the end. And because there's a dude hanging out at the goal, because jerks, um, he actually got pushed into the edge and got pushed off and got eliminated. And right then and there, I would uninstall the game, completely format my PlayStation, throw it out a window, get in my car and run it over, and then find the dude's gamer tag. And like, that's a SWAT moment right there if that happened to me. Uh, not literally, I'm not going to do it. Don't, don't take it seriously. I'm not. But that's the anger level that I would experience if that happened. Yep. Uh, I would discover. I would 
discover, like I said in the chat in that in that post, I would have discovered a whole new level of profanity if that ever happened. <laughs> the new curse words would exist. Because wow. that game is that addicting. Like I literally <laughs> had to like, all right, let me say. As a matter of fact, I had the UWO brothers over over my house on Saturday for uh, NXT. Kyle's girlfriend played it, and she's like, I'm going to try it. She's like, all right, I'll try it. But I'm not a gamer. I'm not a gamer. She played yeah. it. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. <laughs> I want to do it again. It's that addictive. It it's is that addictive. Aggravating, but addictive at the same time. It is. It is. For those of you who are still on the fence about it, play it. It is that good, especially if you're on PlayStation Plus. Download it. Like, there's no reason not to, 100%. Um, eventually, Squad Stream. I'm going to keep talking about that once. You squad know, stream. Oh, uh, Gamerdelphia. Yeah, squad stream eventually. But let's get into this bracket. So, top of the show, we mentioned that we did our first ever debate cast about three weeks ago. Talked about a lot of the PlayStation games of the 2010s. So, we're going to move on to Nintendo because with a lot of these games, of course, being Nintendo Switch games, um, just with how popular the Nintendo Switch has been over these three years that it's been out, it's just insane how much of a quality game lineup this console really, really got. Um, so these are going to be some hard decisions as we go through the bracket. Um, let's start at, let's see, I'm going to just pick a random number. Let's do uh, 13. Okay, so let's do something a little, possibly a little easier to run into. So, AJ, I'll start with you. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2 or Yoshi's Crafted World? How, which one would you say is the better game of the two? I mean, I will definitely say that uh, Super Mario Maker 2 uh, definitely has unlimited potential in terms of what you can do in the game. And not just what you can do, but what you can play in the game. Especially once you factor in all like the different DLC that they added, um, the creativity and like the speed runs. And um, like if, if you're looking for a game to pick up, uh, play, and put down beats, then yeah, Yoshi's Crafted World. But like, you know, as long as there are Super Mario fans out there, and there will mm-hmm. always be Super Mario fans, like the uh, endless possibilities mm-hmm. of Super Mario Maker and the, uh, uh, just like how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, easy it is to create uh, maps and things like that with the touchscreen and everything like that. Right. It's just, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to compare it to. It's like, oh, do you want this platform with a beginning, middle, and end? Or do you want this platform with limitless opportunities for as long as you play the game? Uh, and that's why I'm kind of leaning towards Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, granted, I haven't put like a ton of time into either or, um, but I definitely see myself going back to Super Mario Maker 2 every couple of weeks or months. Um, whereas once I beat uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, I can't really see myself going back to it anytime soon, if that right. makes sense. No, that's um, fair. That's a fair point. So that, that that's why I would give the edge to Super Mario Maker 2. It's just like it, it took a great idea and then perfected it. Um, you know, I just can't beat it. Nice. Carl? Um, actually, looking at uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, I've seen a couple of videos. Unfortunately, I don't own a Switch because I'm broke. But um, off of this, I mean, I've seen that crazy hard level that I was on, that was featured on Up, Up, Down, Down one time where all the fire, like the fire bridges, the freaking fire bridges. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. that. Gets, like, I honestly like developed anxiety <laughs> just by watching that so, um 
Yoshi's Crafted World does look fun, and I would have to agree with AJ. Is it looks like it's just one of those games that you just want to pick up and just play through, and you probably and you look like you have like a ton of fun just simply doing that, just simply going through it, just to beat it and play it. So you know, I'll just give the vote. I'll give the vote to uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Gotcha. Uh, anxiety by watching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, between the two, um, I'll go with a uh, Super Mario Maker World. Um, that game looks like it has it's a pretty furtive ground for like a boundless creativity. Um, just those crazy, insane levels that people have created. And like Carl, like I've I've gotten a little little bit of anxiety just watching some of some of these like insane levels. It's a, it's just like a complete obstacle course of torture it's like don't it's like i wonder if people make bets it's like hey i bet you this amount this x, x amount of dollars if you can beat this crazy level that that came out of my demented brain out of a nightmare that i had <laughs> last night um I don't, I don't know but that it, it does it does seem like it's it would be pretty fun just just creating uh, different levels and just challenging your friends on that level um and and as far as uh, uh the yoshi's crafted world looks pretty cool too um haven't I haven't I haven't played either either game, but um if I had to choose just just off the strength of concept, I'll go with Super Mario Maker World. So I'm so I'm gonna not make this a tiebreaker and I'm gonna also throw Super Mario Maker 2 in there. Just for the simple fact, what AJ said, the there's so many different concepts and so many different ideas that this game has taken a life on its own from being able to play music in a way, especially if you line up the music blocks a certain way, you can actually have a full-fledged orchestra almost um, in terms of how the game plays. While Yoshi's Crafted World has some neat concepts, it seems fun. It's also a very, one of the things about Yoshi's games in this new era of Nintendo is that Yoshi's games are the default easy games. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, which came out on the Wii, Wii U, and 3DS was very easy. Um, didn't really have a hardcore challenge for gamers, especially those who play platforming games. Um, everything about Yo you know, Yoshi's Crafted World is a little more difficult, but not by too much, but it's still a basic experience to get into it. Whereas with Super Mario Maker 2, that's the game where like you get your basic Mario experience over a bunch of different genres. Um, you just have so much... Um, fun just with all the different creativity uh levels that the other players throw into it and on just like insanity just overall what you can come up with so i'm going to give my vote to mario maker 2 so that is going to go to the next round with a three to one vote so i'll put that there um do, 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 do. let's do let's do this one um vic i'll start with you on this one i have xenoblade chronicles 2 and I have Octopath Traveler. Mm. Yeah, I know these are these. I know these are two uh, major RPGs on the Switch. Um, I, I know Xenoblade uh, Chronicles I, and all the Xenoblade games that came off like uh, the Wii have are pretty popular. Have their definitely have their hardcore devoted fan base. Um, this is actually kind of tough, uh, but there can only be one. Um, I think I'll go with uh, Octopath Traveler on this one. Uh, it, it does seem to be uh, maybe the slightly more interesting of the two. Um, okay. Uh, but and, and it's and it's one of those one of those games that like if 
if I had the coin to get to get a switch, or rather the inclination to get a switch anytime soon, I'd, I, those will probably be two games I'd I'd, I'd look at. Um, but I'd probably play Octopath Traveler first, so I'll give it to that one. Gotcha. All right. Nice. So question. Yeah. Question. Uh, if we're going off of the Nintendo bracket, by default, I have to give it to uh, you know Xenoblade Chronicles Two because Octopath Traveler is also on Windows and Stadia. Ooh, Ooh. twist. Um, but on, on the real, though, I haven't played either of these two games. I looked into both of them. Um, they both are good RPGs, based on what I've heard, um, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a fan of that um, anime mm-hmm. JRPG than, like, yeah. the Super NES throwback classic JRPG, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying. I, if I'm at the tiebreaker, I'll give it to a Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, but, like, aside from that, I'll have seen, like, you know, stay away from the vote for the most part. So we'll leave it at 1-1 for now. I'm going to tr- break the current tie we have, um, and I'm going to vote Octopath Traveler as well. I think that, especially for a game that really exempt, it's almost like 2D art come to life, um, just the way they design the game around, like, this pixel aesthetic, but also these really realistic backgrounds especially when you um, are in battle against larger-than-life larger bosses. What's interesting about um, Octopath Traveler is that like, when, you, when you're facing off against a boss, the first thing that I think of is um, there used to be these, there's these booths that you would see at Comic-Con um, that have like, those video game shadow arts. I think they're called shadow boxes, where it looks like the graphics are like popping out and coming to life. Um, and that's the, what you get in Octopath Travel all the time. It has eight different characters you can choose from, so there's already eight different story paths. Each character plays differently, so there's no um, two stories are the same, which makes it a lot cooler. Um, you have the dialogue trees that you can go you know, through, and then the traditional 2D gameplay, like the Super Nintendo-style uh, Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI that a lot of people reference. Um, you get a lot of that style in Octopath Traveler. Um, so that's where my vote's going to go. I'm going to go with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I'm actually YouTubing these games as we go along. Cause, yeah. And it's gorgeous. I, mean, I yeah. understand why people like the, you know, the old school Super Nintendo-like, you know, um, 2D graphics, but... Just based off of the graphics alone and how it looks, it just I mean, Xenoblade just looks like such a much more smoother game mm-hmm. to play. And and honestly, just like I said before about the graphics, it looks completely gorgeous. I love like the anime style into it. So yeah, right. yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles Two. That's that's gonna be my vote. All right, I'm gonna leave it the way it is for now because we do have a tie two two. Um, oh shit. So we'll come back to that vote in a little bit. Um, moving on, let's do something a little, a little easier. Um, I think this should be easier. Uh, da, 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 da. Carl, I'll start with you on this one. I got Mario Tennis Aces, and I have Luigi's Mansion 3. Luigi's Mansion, just because I'm a fan of the franchise. <laughs> big, big hardcore fan of the first one, too, right, on GameCube? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Playing with my nephew. Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, Vic. 
Um, I think uh, you know Luigi doesn't get enough love, uh, and, and there's a reason for that. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Mario Tennis Aces. <laughs> you, you totally twisted that on me too. I was just like, there's a Luigi that doesn't get enough love. I was like, oh yeah, you know, you're right. Luigi doesn't get enough love. Luigi's Mansion would be cool. And you're like, nah, man, screw Luigi. Mario Tennis. <laughs> nice. I see. I like your play there, AJ. All right. So straight up, I'm not really a huge fan of sports games. Like, if I am going to play a sports game, uh, then, like, you know, the Mario sports games are pretty fun. Uh, or, like, you know, the one series I really got into was, like, the Tony Hawk series. Uh, but even that's not, like, a traditional competitive sport, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, so, like, you know, I'm going to have to give, like, some love to Luigi's Match. It was, like, one of the first games, if not the first game I got on the GameCube. Uh, and, like, you know, the series, even though there haven't been many of them, has held strong ever since. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, like, you know, give that to Luigi's Match. Uh, and, you know, the disrespect to our man, Luigi, uh, I, I don't appreciate that dog, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> I am also not going to disrespect uh, the green man himself. I'm also going to throw my vote to Luigi's Mansion as well. Because um, Luigi definitely, need, one for one, needs the love as well. And for two, to have, you know, Luigi's Mansion, you know, especially with how much love the GameCube game got. Dark Moon was kind of basic. Um, in its gameplay, and then they remastered Luigi's Mansion 1 on 3DS, which was cool that, you know, it, the new the game got love again to lead into Luigi's Mansion 3, and with co-op as well, it's, per, it's, it's awesome. Luigi's Mansion 3 is going to get that vote. So we have our, we have one next round bracket going there. Uh, let's move a little bit down the line. Let's do... Real quick, you want to know why Luigi's getting so much love right now? What's that? Are you guys little brothers... No. Uh, I mean, no. Yes. Yeah, AJ, I know definitely is. Oh, you're not a little. No. Every little, every little brother had to be Luigi. Mm. Especially back in the day. So you that's, end that's up fair. A bond as Luigi because you had to be a second player. So. Fair, fair. Uh, AJ, let's start this with you. Super Mario Party, Splatoon Two. All right, so I do like Super Mario, uh, well, Super Mario uh, Party. Um, always like Mario parties. They're a lot of fun uh, when you have a couple of friends in the same room. Um, but the thing is, it's only fun when you have a couple of friends in the same room. Whereas Splatoon, like you know, that's a game that you can get competitive in. Like you can like you know do almost some esports type shit with. And just like the overall concept of that game in particular. Uh, just like the first one, I thoroughly enjoyed it in the second one. Um, you know, I, I never got to the level of, like, just being great at it, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'll definitely have to give that one to Splatoon 2. Same here, Splatoon 2, 100%, um, just for the simple fact that it does have infinite stalking. And, you know, infinite amounts of fun. Um, it has the campaign mode. It has the DLC campaign mode um, with the Octo expansion. And then also one of the things that really, really, you know, gained a big following in Splatoon 2 were were these Splatfests. So every week, almost every weekend, they would have a specific vote, if you will, like put two things against each other. And instead of just voting on it, players played to represent their team. Um, You pick your side in the beginning. And as long as your team overall does well in the challenges, your vote can win um, the overall challenge. So I think that brought a new level of like, you know, fun and creativity into spicing up the online matches. 
um, so that way players have a lot more fun uh, every weekend that they played. So just for that, Splatoon 2 is getting my vote. I'm going to go with Splatoon 2. It, it looks like, like it's just, and just like AJ said, like Mario Party, more fun if you have people there, if you, if you have people to play with. As far as Splatoon 2, it looks like you can do a lot, lot more, even if you're playing by yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's a clean sweep uh, as well. So I'm gonna go with Splatoon two. It looks like the ultimate uh, paintball slash slime war uh, game that it looks like loads of fun. Uh, as far as the Super Mario Party is concerned, um, if you have no friends, well, not much of an incentive to buy it or play it. So. Definitely. Yeah. Don't want to play with bots all the time. That's not fun. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, do, 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 do. Um, all right, so now we're getting some of the harder matchups. Uh, Vic, I will start with you on this one. I got Astral Chain, and I got Pokemon Sword and Shield. Hmm. Uh, man. You know, I, I'm going to go with Astral Chain on this one. Um, I, only because I, I think that in, in this match, Astral Chain uh, seems to be the underdog. Uh, uh, they, they both they both seem like r- really fun games. Um, I know Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, I mean, it's it's, po- it's Pokemon. I mean, it's it has its legions upon legions of fans. I mean, in fact, I know people who are still playing Pokemon Go to this day, like five years later. Me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Truth. But. But uh, but yeah, um, but yeah. Not, not to take any, not, no disrespect to Pokemon Sword and Shield, but I I think that um, I think that Astral Chain deserves uh, more love in this one. That one looks like a lot of fun. Um, it kind of reminds me a little of um, what was that? What was that uh, that old N64 game that came out in Japan? It came out eventually on the on the Wii. I think it was um, Sin and Punishment. It kind of reminds me yes, of that. Yes, I do remember Sin and Punishment. Yeah, that yeah. rail shooter. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that a little. I guess in terms of its uh, anime aesthetic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I but yeah, I'll go with Astral Chain for this round. Carl, I'll go to you. Astral Chain. I'm like watching it right now, and I'm just like, yeah, this looks like this looks like the type of game that I would like spend hours and hours playing. Nice. As far as like Pokemon, I was never a Pokemon fan. Like I did enjoy the whole Pokemon Go fad. I think, you know, five years ago, but yeah, I gotta get, yeah, I gotta give it to Astral Chain on this one. AJ. All right, so here's the thing with Astral Chain. It's a great game, straight up. It's a really creative, really fun uh, action uh, adventure hack and slash type game. Uh, it's, it's super, super cool. But the thing to remember, and like this is coming from like a, I have a Bulbasaur tattoo. You know I'm about that Pokemon life. Uh, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> Um, yeah. But like the thing about Pokemon, there are two games in Pokemon. There's the story mode where you go in and you catch the Pokemon you think are cute, and you get all the badges and you beat the Elite Four in the end. There's that, and then there's the competitive side. A lot of people who look at Pokemon as just a kid's game do not understand the competitive side. They don't understand about EV training and IV training and hatching egg moves. And a- a- after a certain point in time, it literally turns into like, 5D chess with all the different possibilities. Pokemon is a very, very deep and intricate strategy game. And the thing with Pokemon Sword and Shield, if you're into that aspect of Pokemon, and there are a lot 
of people in that aspect of Pokemon. They made a ton of quality of life changes to training your Pokemon, breeding them, uh, changing their natures, even like, you know, changing their abilities, which prior to this game wouldn't even be possible. That just makes the um, post-game competitive uh, aspect of the game so, so much better and so much more um, open to newcomers and things like that. Right. Uh, so when I think of the improvements of Pokemon Sword and Shield from the previous generations, I'm not just looking at the graphics. I'm not looking at just the Pokemon designs or like you know whether or not it has an open world area or whatnot. I'm looking at the post game because I'll beat the main game in 30 hours, but the next like 400 hours I put into the game is going to be that post game content and the stuff they added to this game between like. Even specific items like heavy duty boots, making it so you don't get hurt when you're switching in during like uh, hazards. Some yeah. of the general like you know uh, balancing things they added to the Pokemon. Like if you've never gotten into Pokemon competitively in the past, you don't get how big of a deal some of these things are. But they are huge. They are absolutely ginormous. Even the most recent DLC, uh, they have like you know Max Suit, which allows you to turn any Gigantamax enabled Pokemon to get their Gigantamax form, and yeah. Um, the leak with the new DLC is that there's even going to be a capsule that lets you get a Pokemon's hidden ability, which will open the doors to a ton of different Pokemon and give new viabilities to a Pokemon that you wouldn't be able to get their hidden abilities before. And I might sound like I'm speaking French here. I might sound like I'm speaking absolute French if you don't know what I'm talking about. But trust and believe that is the real improvement with Pokemon Sword and Shield. That's why that game is arguably the best Pokemon game to date. Uh, and that's why I'm going with Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this to a tie. I'm also gonna choose Pokemon Sword and Shield. Why I appreciate Astral Chain's gameplay, especially from a a hack and slash style, you know, gameplay akin to like a Bayonetta of sorts, which is you know one of my favorite action games of the 360 PS3 generation. Um, just something about you know the nice simplistic nature of you know running through a campaign on Pokemon Sword and Shield. And then combined with the fact that if I do want to eventually go competitive, more than ever, it's now easier to do, um, to be viable, to make the team that I've always wanted to do um, back when I played the games on the 3DS. But I just never really wanted to put all the effort into it just because of how hard it was. So I always have to try to do trades and all the other stuff that you know complicates and muddies the waters. Now with how easy it is to do breeding and how easy it is to get the item that I need to get those statistics that I need um, when I want to, you know, go hard in online battles. Um, the quality of life changes for Pokemon definitely give it my vote for sure. So this bracket, this part of the bracket ends also in a tie, which we will come back to. So, uh, do, 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 do. AJ, let's start with you on this one. Um, let's do a battle of the mascots. I got, of course, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I got Zelda Link's Awakening. All right, so here's the thing with Link's Awakening, right? It's a great game. It's one of the best Zelda games of all time, no cap. Um, but it is still just like a remake of a game we had like over a decade ago. Um, and I, I it, unlike Persona 5 Royal, uh, aside from the graphics upkeep, it's, it's mostly the same exact game. Mm -hmm. Um Whereas Breath of the Wild uh, is a new, fresh Zelda experience that took the franchise to the next level in a way we didn't, like you know, previously see possible. I know some people missed its uh, typical dungeons where you have like uh, very distinct puzzles 
Uh, I personally like the more open-ended aspect where we just take on a bunch of different challenges. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it to Breath of the Wild. I, I feel like if you're going to pick one Zelda game to define the Switch, it should be Breath of the Wild. Um, 100%. Breath of the Wild is the unanimous pick for me. Um, I appreciate all the things that Link's Awakening did to kind of bring an older game to a newer, newer generation. Cool, great, I'm glad for that. Um, but Breath of the Wild is just so expansive. It's so different. Like, it almost doesn't feel like a Zelda game, which is actually refreshing because it doesn't have the formula that all the other Zelda games had to go along with the formula that started with Ocarina of Time. Um, without, once Ocarina of Time hit, like Zelda just became this like formulaic kind of game with you know different plot points to go around it. The only game that kind of really is in formulaic is Majora's Mask, but that was the rarity of the whole thing. But Breath of the Wild just like opened the whole entire world up and said, hey, listen, you want to go on a quest? Here, here's a basic setup. Try to go nuts um in the world and see what happens and just all the different little touches that the game does throw at you is insane to think about um that's a game you can play for hours and hours and hours and hours on it and feel like you're doing something different um if after each playthrough um so i have to give my vote to breath of the wild Yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll also give my vote to Breath of the Wild. Um, that that game, that, I mean, that game has received universal praise uh, from from what I've seen, and um, and I know for like as a as a, a Sony Sony player, um, having you know having only exclusively owned all, all of Sony's consoles, um, the closest uh, experience that we have uh, as Sony players is Horizon Zero Dawn for that Zelda experience. Um, from what I from what I understand with Breath of the Wild, um, I understand it like it's like you said that it's it's very open ended. So like what the game starts and it's like go, go explore. There's a dungeon. You want to go there? Is it, is it is it? Can you handle it? Is it too tough? Do you need to go back? Uh, yeah, well, you you you'll find out. Um, so like I hear, I hear so I hear that that game kind of like has like a, has like a hint of like um like some from software uh, elements to it in, in that regard. Uh, which which kind of intrigues me, and it's like, hmm, you know, that, that's a game that, that I've always been curious to to explore, um, you know, a, as well. So if I so if I ever do get a Switch, that would be the first game that I do play. Um, as for Link's Awakening, um, you know, it's it, it does it does look sharp uh, on the Switch, uh, being a full on remake of the classic uh, uh, ninety is it ninety two or ninety three uh, Game Boy original Game Boy uh, uh, game. Uh, which I remember I used to play the heck out of when I was a kid, uh, but but definitely Breath of the Wild gets the win for me in this round. It's a clean sweep. Yep, Breath of the Wild, and not to mention the game is gorgeous. Like, oh yeah, it's still beautiful. Hell yeah. Yeah, it, it just it just seems like it just has its own unique style, whereas like you guys said, um, Link's Awakening was more seems like more of just a remake. Uh, seems a little too kitty kitty like for my taste as well, but where you know Breath Breath of the Wild just seems something that it just appeals to me much more. Definitely. So uh, let's make that move on, and now to the two hardest matches of the first round. And AJ, these are going to be divisive bad boys uh, for you, and I know you saw it on the bracket. So let's go try to go with the easier of the two and see how this plays out. 
I got Super Mario Odyssey, and I got Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Awesome. All right, so, like, I don't know why you put these two up against each other, because, like, both of them should be able to at least make it to round two. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Uh, and I feel this way about the other one uh, coming up, too, but, like, I digress. We'll save that for later. Um, like, you know, there's there's no way, like, Octopath Traveler should get further than either of these two games. But I digress. Uh <laughs> Uh, the thing is, Super Mario Odyssey is, like, the best 3D Mario platformer, um, ever created, in my opinion. I have a soft spot for Super Mario Sunshine, but I'm not so, like, you know, blinded by nostalgia that I'm gonna sit here and say that Odyssey isn't the more superior of the two games. On the flip side, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, though, like, that is, like, there is never, ever, ever going to be a game like Smash Bros. Ultimate ever again. We will never have a game where Cloud can fight a solid snake uh, alongside Sonic the Hedgehog with Terry from King of Fighters. There's just, like, no way that will ever happen again. And just and, and Joker from Persona 5, like, and Violet from Fire Emblem 3 House, like, every game franchise that I love and adore with all of my heart, uh, with the exception of Sony IPs, are, is in this game and very true to the original character. And you can tell with every single character they have, every single song, every single stage, that this was created out of a passion of love. And that shines through. Like, now, if you're a professional Smash player, you might argue, like, oh, no, Mule has better gameplay mechanics, or, ooh, Project M. It's like, you know, fair. If you like the gameplay mechanics of that from a competitive sense, that is your right. But, you know, let's not sit here and not say that... Uh, it's, it's a miracle that Super Smash Bros. Ultimate even exists in general. And for that reason, I, I have to give it to Ultimate. Because not only is it just like a gaming's greatest celebration to gaming in a fighting game, it's just like a miracle in and of itself. And uh, that that makes deserves it to go to at least round two. Easy. Big. Okay. Um, yeah, this this may sound um, uh, blasphemous, Uh for, for, for those who are Smash Brothers fans, but I've, I've played uh, Smash Brothers games in the past, and I don't get the hype. I, 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 I don't, I don't get, I've, I've, I've tried, like, and, 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 and I, I, I totally uh, I hear, hear what you're saying, uh, uh, AJ. Um, um, I, I wish I could uh, uh, embrace that same love and passion that you have for Smash Brothers, but I've ha- I've ha- I've played it with you know, with Carl and like some other friends of ours and acquaintances. And for me, it's just it's just the it's just button mashing galore. Like I'm, I mean, like I'm like I'm I'm there. I'm playing with friends, and then I'm like, I don't I have no idea what I'm doing. What does this button do? Like I'm trying different button combinations, and I'm like, it, 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 is there a rhyme or reason to this? Like, what, what am, I, am I just knocking people off this platform? Oh, oh, oh wait, I'm knocked off a platform. Okay, okay, looks like I have a few more lives. Oh, oh wait, the game's over. Okay, I guess I guess I'm done. Done in this round. Sounds like you're just and, bad, dude. And I hate to say it. I don't say that as any type of disrespect but like super smash brothers is probably like one of the easiest fighting games that you can get into because there are no quarter circles there are no advanced mechanics well with the exception of terry and the two street fighter characters they implemented quarter circles and things like that to those characters uh but they're more of the exception not the role um but the thing with smash it's all like you know forward smash back smash it's like it's directional fighting so on a fundamental level the gameplay is really easy but if you're just trying to figure it out 
and it's your like first couple of times playing it, and you're playing with people who already know how to play, you're going to be a little bit confused. Uh, yeah. I, I hate to cut you off there, but it, it, it literally sounds like you don't like the game because every time you play it, you play with people better than you, and you just get whooped, and you don't know what to do, and you don't feel the need to even like really sit down and like play through the story mode once. Like if you sat down with Smash Ultimate, played through the story mode by yourself, you would at least be competent enough to have a good time. Yeah. Um, no. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. Like I, I'm not, I'm not arguing. Like I've played like other other acquaintances of Carl's, um, his friends. Like they're they're all into fighting games and including Smash Brothers. And like, and it's like they just plop a controller on my hands. Like, hey, hey, come play with us. And I'm playing it, and I'm like, I'm just floundering. I'm just like twisting in the wind. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do in this game? And like, I get no answers. I even played, the, I even played the single player mode of um. <laughs> The, the Smash Brothers game, the there was the one on GameCube. I forget I forget what it's called. I played Melee. Sing, yeah, yeah. I, I played the single player mode in that as Link, and I'm like, um, no, okay. Um, I, I I mean I I didn't hate it. I wasn't I wasn't enthused by it. I, it just was what it was. Um, but but yeah, uh, but yeah, I I can't I yeah I, I can't because because on that level and and that's only speaking of because you know because of my lack of skill in smash brothers i can't vote for smash, smash smash brothers ultimate so odyssey gets the win for me by default but odyssey looks like one hell of a platformer and like breath of the wild it's gotten universal praise as well so that's a game that i really would love to play at some point um but but yeah but yeah but yeah and as, as far as other there are fighting games that i do that i do enjoy um but for me I guess I just don't enjoy playing with other people, which is kind of weird for a fighting game. But but that's just me. Tekken tech, tech Seven single player all the way. But playing with other people, fuck that. No. <laughs> yeah. Carl, I'm not a Smash Brothers fan. Jesus. <laughs> oh wow. But I will give it my vote. That is fair. Off the strength, you know. Strength, uh, off the of roster. Like AJ said, you will never get another roster like that. Ever. Yeah. I don't think, isn't this going to be the last Smash Brothers game? Well, he says every Smash Brothers game is going to be the last one. But oh. even if this isn't the last one, this will 100% be the last time we get all these characters together again. Apparently, because like Solid Snake was before this most recent game only in Brawl. And because of all the stuff going on with Konami and stuff like that, and along with Cloud and Final Fantasy VII, apparently getting a few select characters was an absolute nightmare from a licensing standpoint. Um, right. So even if there's a sequel, there, there's no way we're getting this again. Uh, so like that's why I'm enjoying the ride while we have it. And we still have, what is it, five more DLC characters coming out? Um, five more, yeah, with the with possible rumor that the next one will probably be announced by the by the beginning of next month, I think. Yeah, like, you know, they, they have to start cranking out some of these DLC characters because, like, Pandemic delayed some things, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, it's it's just absolutely batshit insane. Um, like, you know, how are you going to have Joker from Persona 5 and then Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and King of Fighters and Fire <laughs> Emblem and fucking Banjo-Kazooie? Banjo-Kazooie. They got Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, do you like <laughs> Castlevania? They got that, too. Oh, what was... 
was that King K rule? I got you. You like Street Fighter? Yo, here's Ken and Ryu. What it do? Mega Man? I got you. Uh, Pokemon? Yo, not only can you play as a lot of these different Pokemon, you can play as Pokemon Trainer with Squirtle, Ivysaur, and Charizard. Mr. What it do? Snake? Snake! Yo, you want to recreate the 80s? Yo, Sonic versus Mario. Like, this game is just an absolute, like, it's, it's, it's like a fan dream. The only yeah, thing is, and like, not for nothing, uh, Microsoft owns Banjo-Kazooie and Rare and the rights to Banjo-Kazooie. Nintendo teamed up with Microsoft to get their old Nintendo 64 mascot in this bitch. That's impressive. That's so impressive. So and the AJ, game's good. The game's good. So good. AJ, I'm going to give you a break from, from singing its praises to also give my vote to Smash, so this will tie it at 2-2. Two, two. So Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I wait, thought... No, no, Carl did a smash. I did a oh, smash. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'll go so I'm going to make it 3-1. Because, yes, you are correct. Um, Vic is correct. Super Mario Odyssey is absolutely the best Mario platformer, 3D Mario platformer ever made. Like, just the just how, how Breath of the Wild kind of revolutionized its gameplay, Mario Odyssey did the same for it. But there is a point to be made that while it revolutionized the gameplay, had a very interesting story, very interesting worlds, including the moon, the Dark Souls-looking world, the Metro City, like or New Donk City, excuse me. It was called the Metro Kingdom. But while it did so much for that, by the time you got to the end game, in terms of the, the excessive amount of power moon collecting that you had to do, it kind of outweighed its welcome. Um, so there wasn't anything much else that Mario Odyssey can contribute to me unless they had a camp an extra campaign um then maybe we could talk but yes Smash Bros. Ultimate absolutely deserves the vote just because of how expansive the world is how much love each franchise Nintendo or third party gets when you when you're a character and you come into Smash you know that you're going to be treated with the utmost respect in regards to your character design as well as your history. Because I think history is one of the most important things about this game. Not just the character that gets thrown in, but all the backlog of stuff that comes along with either that franchise or even that publisher. Because when you throw in a character like Sonic, of course you get Sega representation with like Virtua Fighter and all the other Sonic characters. When you throw in Street Fighter, you get that love. King of Fighters, you get that backlog. Um, Pac-Man. You get a lot of, pack, you know, other influences from Namco games like Rally X and Galaga thrown in as either items, stickers, etc. Um, there's just so one of the things that's always been interesting about Smash, especially with this new Smash, um, is the fact that every character that's ever existed in a game's lore gets some kind of love in some way, shape, or form. So I think that because of that passion project, there's nothing like Smash Brothers Ultimate now and forever, depending on what they decide to do next with the franchise or what they do next with the season pass that's going on right now. So Smash gets the vote, wins it 3-1. Final, so final ballot. And AJ, I'm going to leave you last because I know you're going to be passionate about this matchup. So I'm going to have Carl start this matchup. Final match of round one is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Or Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, due to its popularity, 
go with Animal Crossing. Yeah. Sure. So I, the I point felt... where there's SNL sketches about it. So, uh, yeah, I would have to go through, go, uh, I would have to go off the strength of its uh, pop culture influence. Animal Crossing. Fair, fair. Uh, Vic? Um, let's see. I'm, well, I, I will say that I remember ha- I have fond memories of the original Fire Emblem on the Game Boy Advance, and uh, that was that was a really fun uh, strategy RPG. Um, Animal Crossing, I I mean I guess I guess mainly I mean the popularity for that game has been boosted significantly due to you know stay at home orders being you know the pandemic era and all that, and people needed something that was cute and fluffy to counter to counteract all of the fire and brimstone and ugliness that we experience every single day in real life um but uh having had previous history with fire emblem um and i've heard so much uh so much great things about three houses uh from the concept of it uh to like from from what i understand it's like an evolution of the uh, fire emblem formula and um and and it's really piqued my curiosity so i'm gonna have to go with three houses on this one uh, I'm going to also give my vote to Fire Emblem Three Houses. For once, here's my logic behind it. I think Fire Emblem Three Houses was a game of the year contender last year, which is really cool, um, especially for, you know, what still people kind of feel as a niche fran- RPG franchise. It's in the strategy RPG genre. So there's a lot more tactics involved in terms of your party and the relationships that you build. Here's the thing with Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yes, it has been kind of like a blessing in disguise, in a way, how much popularity has gotten in this pandemic era that we're in. Um, With, you know, shutdown orders, with everything that's been going on, it's been kind of like that relaxation, depressurizing kind of game um, with, you know, a little bit of additional factors thrown in. Like, there is multiplayer where you can socialize with other players, check out their islands, etc. But I think... Life, I'm, I'm picking Fire Emblem Three Houses only for the main simple fact that I appreciate a good RPG with a good art style and story. I don't like life simulation games because after a while, like, then it becomes so boring that I'd rather go back out to the real world in itself. Um, so with Animal Crossing New Horizons, I did spend a good, you know, good week, couple weeks with the game itself. But after a while, just nothing, there was nothing there for me to grasp in outside of just, you know, minor construction, building, crafting, um, trading in bells, selling bells, and all the other, all the minutiae. And I never was a fan of minutiae in my video games, unless I'm actively going for it, whether it be trophy hunting or collectibles, etc. And Animal Crossing New Horizons never fit that build for me. Like, I found more comfort in other games that had maybe a little bit of tension, whether it be like a platformer or a horror game, et cetera, um, or a shooter. So for that reason, my vote is going to go to Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, so AJ, going to you, because I know this is going to be the most, most passionate out of the first round matchups. It is 2-1 Fire Emblem. Where do you go on this? All right, so here's the thing, and it might not be as passionate as you think, um, mm-hmm. because I love Fire Emblem Three Houses, Almost, almost as much as I love Persona 5. Okay. Um, like, that, 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 that goes to a matter of fact. And to be uh, blunt, 
you could not be getting two more different games. You're comparing a strategic 100-plus-hour uh, RPG with branching paths and multiple endings and a story about, like, you know, love and betrayal and, like, you know, uh, conflict on a massive scale to, like, you know, uh, giving gifts to your, uh, you know, bare neighbor and planting some flowers. Like, one's a very relaxing Zen experience. The other one is just, like, a gripping journey. Um, yeah. And by the time you get to the end of Persona, not Persona, jeez, uh, Fire Emblem <laughs> Three Houses, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, the character development in uh, Three Houses is on par, uh, if not even more so than Persona 5 in a lot of regards. Um, but, um, like, I, I just like that type of gripping, engaging game more. Because it's sort of like what you said, Ed. After a period of time, unless you're that kind of person who uh, enjoys, like, designing and getting your island absolutely perfect and like coming up with all these cute ideas and making everyone look cute and things like that um after a while there isn't enough to grip me like you know in the beginning um there was a whole thing about me trying to like you know build up my island until kk slider gets there and then like you know terraforming and things like that but once i did all that and i got my basic thing down uh i was like okay i'm good uh, I'll log in every once in a while. I'll visit a friend's island, especially if they release a free DLC, which yeah. they do pretty regularly, and I respect and appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, there are other people who, if you look at their islands on Animal Crossing, it's like they're playing an entirely different game. I will never be that kind of person. So I, I have to give the edge to Five and Three Houses for being the better, like, experience. And honestly, you can go through that game, like, literally fought four different times, almost five if you count the DLC, and get, like, different endings and different aspects of the story and seeing how things would have played out things have gone slightly different. And if you play one character, you think, oh, that person's definitely the villain. Fuck them. And then you play the next place through, you're with them, and you look at it from a completely different perspective. It's just an incredibly well-written, well-told story with a lot of depth to it, and I have to respect that. Fair, fair. So Fire Emblem Three Houses does move on. Before we get to the second round, there are two ties we got to break. So, um, AJ, just like we did the last time, so one of our biggest you know, instances for tiebreakers is that we use the overall Metacritic score. So um, let's do the first round checks for Metacritic. I'm going to have you check Xenoblade, and I will check Octopath to see, because this will be our tiebreaker in terms of critical reviews. And in so what website are we using again? Uh, Metacritic. As it is probably the more the easier of the bunch to track. So let's see. Alright, so I've got Cedar Blade Chronicles 2 on Metacritic. Okay. Um, Alright. Go ahead. Alright, so we got 83. <laughs> Octopath Traveler, 83. Hit the uh. <laughs> Alright, so now let's go to the chat. Uh, any tiebreakers here? If not, Wait, one, on, on. one more one more thing. What is the user score on Xeno? Well, I, I feel like we should leave it to the chat first. Uh, we will. I'll leave it to the chat, but just for curiosity's sake, what was the user score? 8.7. Ooh, 8.5. Uh, like, those are, like, two very equally good, but also very different RPGs. Hmm. Like, oh. you know, whichever one goes through, I won't be necessarily mad at. Um, well, just, while we get somebody in the chat to decide... Um, let's look up the other tiebreaker. You look up Astral Chain, and I'll look up Pokemon. All right. Astral Chain. Metacritic. Metacritic. 
right, so Astral Chain, 87. Oof. All right, hold on. Dude, dude. It's a good game. It's a damn good game. I just think it's like a very, once again, a very different game from Pokemon. One's an action adventure, like hack and slash game with a really unique gameplay mechanic. The other All one right. is just like 5D chess refined to its greatest it's ever been. So you, what would you say Astral Chain score was? 87. True. Pokemon Sword and Shield, 80. Dang. Wow. Uh, I, I didn't know it was that low. Honestly. People were upset because they didn't include all the Pokemon. But, oh, yeah, yeah it know. did have that Dexit backlash, which is stupid. Pretty wow. much. All right. So while we're waiting for the tiebreaker, if we, you know, while we get some chat um, read-alongs, um, let's do a, one of the let's do one of the second round matches while we come back to the Xenoblade Octopath debate. Uh, do, 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 do. You know what? Let's start with the one we just figured out. Oh. Uh, it, uh, no, I'm saying I'm already, I'm all set. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, AJ, Splatoon two or Astral Chain? Uh. 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 So here's the thing. Like I never. Uh, really played that much Astral Chain, but I also never owned it. I just kind of played it like, you know, on a friend's mm-hmm. Switch, you know what I mean? Whereas right, I yeah. own Splatoon. I put time in Splatoon. Uh, yeah. So I feel like I will give it to Splatoon, but at the same time, I feel like that if I actually played Astral Chain, I might actually end up liking it way more than Splatoon because that seems like the type of game that I would really get my teeth into. Um, so it's, it's like unfair because like I, I will vote for Splatoon now, play Astral Chain in a month, and then be like, damn, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Straight up. So, like, if it comes down to a tiebreaker, I give it to Splatoon, but, like, uh, I, I, I mean that with zero disrespect to Astral Chain. Fair, um, fair. Uh, Carl? I gotta go with Astral Chain. Ooh. Like, Splatoon 2 looks a lot of fun, but then at the same time, Astral Chain, not only is it gorgeous, but it's just like, it's more, it's a game that's more, that's more directed to, to me. It's more appealing to me. Gotcha. Vic. Yeah, yeah for similar reasons with Carl, um, I, I too uh, am going with Astral Chain. I'm going to go, because of the time and effort I put into it, I'm going Splatoon um, just because of the art style and community. And the, and the music, like, just the music just kind of sits with you. Um, so much so that they even had, like, a digital concert with the main characters of Splatoon, kind of like a Hatsune Miku scenario. And people just ate that up over, in, especially in Japan, uh, where they had the concert. And, like, they, I think they had, like, a 30,000 people's, like, you know, crowd watch, you know, at this concert. It's, it was insane, just how much influence like those kind of like virtual concerts have. Um, so for now it is a tie. We, this we will come back to. Um, and I do have a tiebreaker for this. So graveyard in our chat and we put it to him, um, especially for him. He's not a switch owner, but he looked at both games and he said this in the chat. If there was one game, he was going to look more forward to um, as the RPG of his choice for the switch. It would be Xenoblade uh, Chronicles just based off of, you know, all the details that he saw for it. So Xenoblade Chronicles will take the tiebreaker. So I'll move that to the next round. Um, let's see, next round matchup. Um, Carl, I'll start this with you. I got Mario Maker 2, and I got Luigi's Mansion. 
Oh. Oof. Because of Vic's reasons earlier, I'll go with Mario Maker. Mario Maker, got it. Uh, Vic. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Mario Maker. All right, Mario Maker, check. Uh, AJ. Yo, um, as much as I love Luigi's Mansion, like I said, like the endless possibilities and creativity of Mario Maker, just kind of like kind of pushes it forward beyond like almost anything. So I'm gonna go with Mario Maker. Gotcha, Mario Maker. All right, so that is three. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to sweep it. I was going to think of going Luigi's Mansion just because I wanted to give that love uh, to Luigi's Mansion. Um, but the infinite style of gameplay that Mario Maker 2 provides and all the creativity, it just has to move on. So that is a clean sweep. So that's going to move on to the next round. We've still got a tiebreaker to decide. Uh, Grave, if you are in the chat, wow. I'm going to let you decide that tiebreaker. Um, but we'll keep an eye on scores as well if we need to. Um, so let's go to the game that won the last tiebreaker. So I got Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I got Fire Emblem Three Houses. AJ, take it away. Uh, I'm going with Fire Emblem Three Houses. The fuck you mean? Like, did you not hear me rant and rave for like the last like, 20 minutes? I don't, yeah. You know what? Fair. I'll give you that. Fair. Uh, Vic. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, not to take anything away from Xenoblade Chronicles, but, um, Fire Emblem Three Houses just... From what I read up about it, and that makes me—it really does make me want to get a Switch soon so I can play that game because it's been a long time since I've played a, a Fire Emblem game, and I have, like nice. I said, I have fond memories of the first one. Carl, Fire Emblem. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, honestly, it's—it's it's, uh, something that we say on the Codex Prime podcast all the time. This looks like a big ass game. <laughs> 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 and I just like I'm just looking at it and it's it's gorgeous. I feel like I'm legit I'm watching a legit anime until you get to the, like some of the gameplay, but it's yeah, like yeah. I yeah, it's gorgeous. And I've already written it down in the chat uh, or in the bracket. Clean sweep, Fire Emblem Three Houses is absolutely gonna take this. Um it's just a RPG just just packed with content. And we have RPGs that you can just play for hours and hours on end. When you play it again, um, it's just so different. Um, when you get another playthrough, especially with permadeath, absolutely. Um, uh, great. The tiebreaker was either Astral Chain, uh, which is a kind of like a hack and slash co-op kind of game, uh, plays like Bayonetta. If I had to kind of simplify it, or Splatoon 2, which is the multiplayer shooter um, on the Nintendo Switch, the 4v4 uh, competitive. So. This is probably going to be the matchup that, in any other bracket, would have been a final. But, in our bracket, it is a second-round matchup, which is disgusting. <laughs> AJ, Smash or Breath of the Wild? Woo! Ooh. 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 Smash. <laughs> I mean, like, straight-up Smash, like... I put way more hours into Smash than I ever have in Breath of the Wild. Both great games for, and once again, both very different games. Uh, you know, 
uh, I can't necessarily say it's an easy comparison to say one is definitely better than the other. Because if you're not into fighting games, if you like those adventure games, then Breath of the Wild. But if you're into like uh, uh, fighting celebration of gaming throughout you know the decades, then Smash. And I just so happen to like Smash more. Uh, once again, no shame to Breath of the Wild. It's great for what it is, but Smash. Smash, smash, smash. Uh, now smash that like button. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carl. Smash. Smash. Mind you, I'm not, I am not a Smash Brothers fan. Never was. Just couldn't get into it. It wasn't my type of fighting game, and I love fighting games. And it, mm. maybe that's what's really putting it over and, as far as this tournament. But, yeah. Uh, and not to mention that roster. That roster that's still going, you know, that's still going on to this day. The game's been out for what, two years now? Yeah, two years. Going on. Smash. Vic. Um, I can definitely see how Smash Brothers Ultimate is a celebration of all these wonderful characters. So, with that said, Smash Brothers can celebrate this L. So, I'm going to go with Breath of the Wild. Long live the smash. Now this next round actually gonna be painful. Well hold on. Before we get to that, I still gotta throw my vote in. Do I wanna be that dissenter? Do I wanna be a, a, a anarchist like Vic? I it's tough because Breath of the Wild is just so oh god, like it's so beautiful. I wanna play it again now. Like I feel like I need to do a stream, like a fresh playthrough, just to kind of relive my love for it. However, I can't deny that if you put me in a game room and somebody has a Switch, nine times out of ten, they're, I'd say seven out of ten right now, in terms of, if you look at the entire Switch populace, um, would probably say Zelda. But nine or ten out of ten Switch owners own Smash. So that is where my vote is going to be. So Super Smash Brothers advances three to one. So I will write this in, and then it gets harder from here. So for the tiebreaker before, so Graveyard was in the chat. Based off of the two games he saw, Splatoon and Astral Chain. Um, the, as I see from everything that he says, because of his love of action games, the tiebreaker is going to go to Astral Chain. So that is going to move on. It is one hit, its second tiebreaker which is crazy. Like, it's advancing off of tiebreakers alone. Yeah. So go, 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 go. Uh, justice for Breath of the Wild. Um, I don't understand this. Uh, I, 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 I don't understand. Help, help, help me make it make sense, y'all. Because um, I'm bothered. And I haven't even played both games. <laughs> I... I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a matter. It's just more of a matter of with um, with Smash. It's a fact that you know, kind of what we've been alluding to for the most part um, before we get to the semifinals of the Nintendo bracket. I think the thing with Smash to consider is that um, Smash is a party game more than a fighting game. It is more of a game where. You hand somebody a Joy-Con, you hand them a Pro Controller, you hand them a GameCube controller, or whatever other, you know, thing um, that you can throw at it, and just say, hey, listen, there's one button for regular attacks, there's one button to do your specials, 
there's a jump button, and you move. And for the most part, you know, most gamers will say that's enough to get me into Smash. More than any other game that we've reviewed so far in this tournament. It's the it's kind of the easiest of the 16 games. Um, that is more like just throw a controller at somebody and they'll play it. If you have younger kids who want to play it, um, you can kind of give them stages to just jump around and do stuff with. You don't have to give them you know hardcore platforming or anything else. And intricately, they'll kind of understand what's going on. They'll see a cool character that they like on the screen and just say, hey, that's going to be my kind of thing. Um, so I think that's the appeal for younger kids. It's more like, you know, hey, I remember this character that I liked in this one game. Hey, I remember this character that I liked in this other game. I want to see them fight. Because you always talk about those kind of little, you know, playground fights with your action figures. That's what Smash more or less started as. Um, if you look at the opening cutscene from the Nintendo 64 version, it was action figures. Um so I think that's the general appeal of Smash. And then it turned into this hardcore thing uh, with, you know, us who are adults uh, who are playing it to this day and just seeing the hardcore appeal, but also seeing the fact that it still has a slight casual appeal as well. Hardcore gamers got their Banjo-Kazooie, their Jokers, their Clouds, their Terries, their Ryus. While the casual players um, who play it were just, you know, younger kids, um, they got their Sonics, their, their Pokemon, they got the character from ARMS that just got added a few months ago um, because that was more of a basic uh, Wii U game when it dropped. So that's where Smash comes into play. It's a, hit, it's a celebration of all these characters that appeal to a large age range variety. And then just coupled with the fact that the controls are more or less sim as simplistic as possible, uh, more than any other fighting game, while it does have its intricacies when you get to the hardcore competitive, for the most part, most players of Smash are casual. Um, that only need the four buttons to kind of really get into it, and that's it. Easy peasy, nothing else to worry about. So I think that's the appeal of Smash and why it's always going to last as long as it does um, and why it's actually advanced far, so far in this bracket. And Grave also put it a, um, succinctly in the chat. Um, he loves Zelda games, but Smash is fire because he plays with his nephew all the time. Especially in this bracket, it felt blasphemous to not choose Breath of the Wild, but there was no other way he could choose. He couldn't choose Smash. Hmm. Okay, but well after a little sermon, I'm going to move on to the semifinals. So here's where it's going to. Hopefully, it gets harder from here um, because I want to see, you know, kind of see where our debates are going to go. So AJ, I'll start with you. First matchup of the semis: Mario Maker 2, Astral Chain. It's funny because I didn't picture either of these two making it from the to the semifinals. You know what I mean? If mm -hmm. this like matchup was switched up even a little bit in literally the first round, neither of these two games would get here over Breath of the Wild or uh, not for nothing. Um, uh, uh, even Animal Crossing. You know what I mean? Um, I know what you mean. With that said, um, I, uh, I'm going to give and and, and, th and th once again this is where it gets kind of weird uh, because I feel like if I actually played Astral Chain for more than 30 minutes and actually had a chance to dig my teeth into it, my end opinion might be not only different but incredibly more passionate. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I, I feel like I'm doing Astral Chain a disservice here. But like you know, Super Mario Maker 2, it's like 
Um, if you like Mario platformers, well, damn, like that is the ultimate Mario 2D platformer. Uh, it's everything you want in a Mario platformer and more. And even if you're not interested in creating, and I, I guess this is the biggest difference between uh, Mario Maker and Animal Crossing. Because uh, they both kind of deal with like the same principle in the sense that you're creating things. In Animal Crossing, you're creating an island, a village uh, that's a reflection of who you are. And Super Mario Maker, you're creating like all these different insane maps. But the difference is that even if you're not into creating the maps in Mario Maker, you can still find infinite enjoyment playing them. Unless it's some really crazy wild Animal Crossing village. Um, or I'm visiting a friend's like village for like a little bit of period of time. Like I'm not consuming as much of the content that other people make in Animal Crossing as right. opposed to how much content I'm uh, consuming and mario maker you can literally get mario maker not make a single map and just have like uh hundreds of hours worth of entertainment right then and there if you know where to look um and for that reason alone i i have to give the edge to mario maker um there. straight up uh Vic. yeah um yeah d- definitely uh, compelling reasons um uh you have aj and and also um I'm actually very surprised that, pleasantly surprised that Astral Chain has made it this far uh, in the tournament. Um, de- definitely the underdog here. Um, I-, I-, I will I will say that uh, I-, I would be intrigued to see Astral Chain make it make it uh, far to the finals. Um, but um, considering what I considering you know what we've what we've said about both games. Um, and just off the strength of the immense creativity that uh, Mario Maker 2 uh, brings to the table, um, yeah, it, 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 just, it just by default has much more variety in that in that respect. Um, so I will choose Mario Maker 2 uh, to make it uh, for the next round. Mario Maker 2? And I'm going to clean sweep it. Definitely Mario Maker 2. Like... Just the fact that it actually decided to give you like a basic campaign mode on top of the creativity, um, and the fact that Nintendo's always building levels because you know, why not have the crazy bastards of Nintendo do something that's a little harder? Not as hard as you know what we get from the minds of people who are more insane. Um, like for example, a level that I did when I went to um NJ GamerCon and uh Gerard the Completionist had a panel just specifically dedicated to a Mario Maker level, um, and I lost my mind watching people play it, but that's all I'm going to say about that. It was definitely a lot of fun, just the anticipation uh, of people playing it, and of course watching streamers go nuts, uh, play it, instant, like, good time. Uh, the final semifinal matchup, um, AJ is going to be safe for last. Carl, let me start with you. Smash or Fire Emblem? Fire Emblem is gorgeous, but I, I feel like I think Smash is gonna. Yeah, Smash got this one. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, he is so against Smash. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I feel like in this case, um, um, I, 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 I feel like Fire Emblem Three Houses is definitely the Persona Five of this of this Nintendo bracket. So, you know, uh, I, I, I do want to see Fire Emblem make it to the finals. I mean, Smash Brothers, like I said, it has its legions of fans. I 
definitely understand understand the appeal. Um, your your sermon, uh, uh, Ed, was was um, was you know well well articulated. Um, uh, but 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 ultimately, um, we we, we got to go for something that's something something that's uh, something that's different. Something that's um, uh, just something that's something that just needs it more, if you will. Okay. Um, fair, fair. Yeah. So, Fire Emblem Three Houses has to get this one for me. Um. So I respect the hustle of Fire Emblem Three Houses. I respect the genre that it comes from. I respect its art art style. I respect its attention to detail. I respect the hardcore niche fan base that it comes from. And I think just the, for the fact that it rose so much to be a game of the year contender um, against a lot of heavy duty games that released in 2019, like Control, like Death Stranding, Sekiro, um, Resident Evil. It was insane to think that it made it that far. It was right on the cusp of winning game of the year. Um, but then you, you know, of course you throw in a game like Resident Evil and Sekiro, uh, with Sekiro I know winning last year's vote um, from the Game Awards. But just like how it was just so close, but just that, just under Sekiro, Fire Emblem was so close, but it's just under the impact and the legacy of Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, and of course, with my sermon from earlier, Smash is getting my vote. AJ. All right, so straight two up. Two, it's two to one. Straight up. So I said earlier that I love Fire Emblem uh, almost as much, just barely under Persona 5, which is, you know, the more I talk about the Persona 5, the more I realize it's probably, like, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, sure. It definitely is. Um, and But, like, going through these different rounds and fighting for both of those two games, um, the best way I can put it is this. Um I love Fire Emblem Three Houses. I 100% plan on going back on it uh, and like going through a second playthrough with like a different character getting another part of the story. And I can see myself doing that at different points throughout the years until I get all the endings and everything. Like it's that kind of mm-hmm. good game. But I can place Smash Brothers um, every single like you know week of every single month of every single year for the next five years because of the pure amount of fun and content that's currently in it, not even counting the five DLC characters that are coming my way. And I guess it's easy to say a fighting game has more replayability than like a single player RPG. Uh, Straight up, that is fair. Um, But just like looking at what they were able to accomplish with Smash Brothers, uh, something that on paper like would not have been possible. Like if Nintendo never made a Smash Brothers game and this was their first Smash Brothers game, there's no way they would have gotten the rights to all these characters, no matter how much money they tossed at it. The only reason like companies let them put their characters in this game is because they want to be a part of something greater than themselves. This is a part of gaming history and legacy. And whatever Smash game comes after this, whatever crossover game comes after this, this fighting game might not go down in history as the best fighting game of all time but definitely the most ambitious and uh for how ambitious it is um it ex- executed that damn near perfect so some people might say like oh i look for this gameplay mechanic from melee or i prefer this gameplay mechanic from smash 4 or whatever it may be but like you know uh personal nitpicks aside about personal opinion 
uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate is that game. Like, it's, it's that game. So I got to give it the Smash. And not for nothing, that is the game for the Switch. Like, uh, looking at everything on the list in retrospect, like, it, yeah. it was Smash from the start. <laughs> well, let's look. So that's three to one Smash, putting it in the final. So the last ma- matchup, and AJ, I'll start with you because I'm uh, just just because I imagine it would be just as easy to vote. The final matchup is Smash and Mario Maker. Uh, Smash, Smash, Smash. Um, <laughs> like I said, um, there are a few things that they could have added to make it beyond absolutely perfect. But for what it is, it's a miracle Like we got this much in that game. It's a miracle they got the rights to Cloud and Snake again. It's a miracle they teamed up with Microsoft to bring in Banjo-Kazooie. Like, this game just, like, shouldn't exist. This game defeated the odds, and honestly, ever since the first Smash Bros. came out, like, what is it, back in the 90s? 1999? Something around there? Let me see, when did the first Smash come out? Like, you know, this isn't something that happened overnight. Yeah, 99. Um, 99. This game has been... um, a work and progress to get to this point. Every single Smash thing that comes out, they push it a little bit further and further, and they add more and more and more. And, like, this game, Smash Ultimate, is the love child of over 21 years of gaming development and experience. Um, and, like, you know, I, I have to respect that. Like, it is... There is no other game like it. It wouldn't surprise me if Smash went on to beat, like, this entire bitch. <laughs> like, not for nothing. Um, it deserves it. Um... But yeah, like I, I gotta put Smash up there, dude. Straight up. Carl. Smash. There's literally no other game like it, and there will be no other game like it after this. A hundred percent true. There isn't gonna be any other game like it. Um, for the infinite amount of content that Mario Maker 2 may or may not deliver, it's limited in the fact that more or less it's still a single player experience um when you think of nintendo you think of multiplayer and since 1999 when you think of multiplayer you think of smash 100 percent. so um vic do you want to throw in your obligatory uh anti-vote <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh, well, first, I, I will say that like, this has been a really, really interesting and thought-provoking bracket. Um, I'm really surprised, uh, pleasantly so, that Mario Maker 2 has made it all the way to the finals. Um, uh, I, I will say that um, this the, the finals look, look look pretty different from, from what I was picturing. Um, I, 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 will, I will, out of principle... Uh, go with Mario Maker 2, even though I know it's a three-on-one handicap match at this point. Uh, but, um, but, but yeah, like, like Mario Maker 2, just for, just for like I said, like, like we said earlier, like the sheer amounts of creativity that the game affords players um, is absolutely uh, praiseworthy. Um, a Smash Brothers Ultimate, um, I will say, like, I will say, like, I don't if 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 this is indeed the the swan song of the Smash Brothers series, I mean. It's ultimate um then what a swan song it is i mean just from everything that that y'all have been uh uh, saying about the game um but um but yeah i will i will i will graciously uh uh take this l and uh and say congratulations uh to to y'all for picking smash brothers ultimate 
with that, I bid y'all adieu. Uh, good night. And I, I forget Kenny Omega's exact uh, quote. But goodbye, yeah. goodbye, goodbye, good night. Goodbye and good night. Well done. Well done. Congratulations, Smash Brothers Ultimate. It has won the Nintendo bracket. Uh, we still got two more brackets that we are going to be touching in future events. We still got the uh, wildcard bracket, and we still got the Xbox bracket uh, to touch on. I won't show those yet, because uh, so I do want to, you know, share the anticipation for what is to come soon. And for that. Anticipation. But, um, hold on, Graveyard also wanted to throw a, t- uh, a thing in the chat about um, Smash. In terms of impact, I think when he thinks of Nintendo and multiplayer... He thinks of No Mercy from Nintendo 64, and he also thinks of GoldenEye 007, which, if you saw our uh, post this afternoon, is celebrating its 22nd anniversary, which is insane to think about, um, because, of course, you know, the lasting legacy of the Nintendo 64, uh, we did a retrospective on it a couple of months ago here on the Gamerdelphia uh, Twitch. When you think of the Nintendo 64, you think of the multiplayer, you think of Smash, you think of, you know, of course, GoldenEye, 007, and the lasting impact that game's legacy left on not just multi, not just the shooter genre, but multiplayer in general because of um, the four-player split-screen um, that you can play on that. And then, of course, No Mercy came in, and then Smash. Um, GoldenEye is definitely one of those pioneers in terms of, like, these multiplayer games, but then it really blew up once you got to the end with uh, Smash and uh, with No Mercy, like we covered in your wrestling bracket. It's insane to think about. But we're going to end the show here. Uh, We got through this bracket. Um, Again, two more brackets to cover soon, and then we're going to get to the final four. Uh, The winners from each bracket will face off. I can tell you this much. If this bracket plays out, one of the first final four matches is going to be hella hella interesting when we get to that point and i'll be discussing it with these guys on our post show um but until then we're going to sign off um aj starting with you where can the people find you on social media Ooh, you can find me at party nerd aj on insta and catch cat on twitter bam uh vic where can people find you yep you can find me um on twitter uh at victor omoyo as well as instagram at victor omoyo carl uh, everywhere at Mr. Bird 1027 and also you can find Cortex Prime Podcast everywhere as well on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and, Spot- and um, SoundCloud. There it is. Yeah. And of course, you can find me at your boy at games on the social medias. Uh, you can also find us here at Gamerdelphia on um, Twitter, or excuse me, uh, on Instagram. Uh, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts as well. Um, GamerDelphiaCrew at gmail.com if you ever want to email us any uh, thoughts, questions, suggestions for future shows, of course. And as always, starting this Thursday, the return of Hype Fight Nights. Uh, We took off for a couple weeks um, for the uh, Codex Prime crossover episodes. Go check their episodes out for that. Um, But Hype Fight Nights will be returning on Thursdays. Um, Game to be determined soon. Uh, because it's been a while since we've uh, given each other hands. So we're long overdue for that in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but we'll figure out the game as soon as possible once we get to that point. Um, but otherwise, your boy Ed is going to be signing out for this special edition of the debate cast. Uh, Gamer Delphia, we're signing out. We'll see you next time. <laughs>